In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures... They offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are things that you can learn about this story by reading commentaries and the like. And one thing that I learned is that in 6 to 4 BC, there was a nova that appeared. That's the birth of a star. There was an explosion and a new star appeared that would have been visible in this portion of the world that we're discussing. So in some extent, there is a natural, a natural explanation for the star. I read something else that I thought was interesting. Stanley Hauerwas said this about the story, about the star itself. The cosmic signs heralding this birth should not be surprising, given that the love born in this humble place is the love that moves the sun and the stars. We forgot the offering, didn't we? Yeah. We'll get to that. We can't do it right now. Because pastor made a poor choice. <laughs> he didn't look at the bulletin. <laughs> yeah, that, It's a handy illustration for poor choices because today we're talking about a choice revealed. And Hauerwas is telling us that the star reveals to us the love of God because we know that it's the love of God that holds all things together. And when we see the sun, the moon, and the stars doing what they do, we're reminded of the brightness, the light, the love of God. And he says that moreover, like the wise men, it turns out that God has given us gifts of bread and wine. And how fortunate that they show up right now. That God has given us gifts to offer the Christ child as well. To come here and offer ourselves in union with Him, in service to the world with Him. To join ourselves to Him and have Him join Himself to us. We come like wise men seeking the King of the Jews 
who it turns out is our King as well. For we have been called. Called today to make a choice. Douglas Hare says that the contrast between the wise men and Herod, I hope you caught that, that Herod wanted to know where the king was so he could come worship him, he told the astrologers, but the truth is he wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill him. Now, if you were governor of South Carolina and one day somebody came and said, hey, we heard somebody new had been elected and you didn't know that we had all had an election, you would be startled by that, wouldn't you? Herod had been propped up by Rome and it had pleased Rome that Herod would serve as king of the Jews. He wasn't even a Jew. But it had pleased them that he would be the one. And Herod knew that and he just lived in that. He loved that. And he sought to keep that power. He was a bloody person who killed many people to keep his power. And all of a sudden, three people from some faraway land show up and say, hey, we saw a star and we know that there's a new king born in Israel. That there's a, somebody has been born king of Israel. And if you're the king of Israel, you don't want to hear that, do you? And in contrast to him, his plot is to decide to kill the baby so he can keep his throne. In contrast to him, we hear of wise men from the east who leave their homes, leave their livelihoods, leave their family, leave whatever they have behind to make a long journey in the hopes that what the sign seems to show would be true. That they might come and find the new king and worship him. They've been drawn by God to this place to show us that we too are drawn by God to this table, to this place, to this life in Christ. And there's a contrast before us. Douglas Hare says this about that. The contrast can serve to symbolize the internal conflict between the part of ourself which willingly and joyfully accepts the Lordship of Christ our King and that darker side of ourselves which firmly and persistently rejects His right to rule. He says, scoff not at Herod until you have acknowledged the Herod in yourself. There's some truth in that. I shared with the Sunday school class, one of the things I've noticed about life and especially about money is that if, let's say you're wanting to preserve your time, because we value our time sometimes more than money, don't we? In our society, we're constantly busy. And if we're not busy, we're told that we're sluggards. So we better get busy. And sometimes we value our time more than anything else. And sometimes time looks most valuable when we're asked to give it to the church and least valuable when we're asked to give it to the lake. The same thing can be true with money. I've noticed that if you're sitting in a grocery store at the checkout line and you pull a $50 bill out of your, out of your wallet, it looks a certain size, usually too small. But when you show up to church and you pull the same $50 bill out to put in an offering plate, suddenly it looks like a million dollars. There's always choice before us. And it's always affected by what we value. When I was a kid, we weren't told to make right choices. We were told what the consequences of bad choices was. Anybody got an amen for that? Yeah, my dad could have spanked me every day. I'm thankful my dad was a gracious dad. I didn't really understand sometimes what a poor choice was. Know what I mean? Sometimes I needed somebody to tell me. But these days, I'm glad that parents are using a tool with their children to say, make good choices. Now my little nephew, when he gets in trouble, he says, Mommy, I made bad choices. 
to tell our children what good choices are is a good thing. So I want to tell you what the good choice is before you today. And I also want to tell you what the poor choice is. Confronted with the birth of Jesus and Him being the King of the universe. Confronted with Him being God's own Son. Confronted with the idea that He desires to be Lord of our lives. The good choice is the path that the wise men take. To come and bow down and offer ourselves to Him. To offer the gift that we have, which is our life and our love. The poor choice is to take the path of Herod and to seek to preserve our own kingdom. To preserve our right to choose what we will do in all situations. To preserve our right to do what we want to do. To preserve our right to love. Or to not love whoever we choose. Before us is a choice. And that choice is revealed by a star and by wise men who come and offer themselves and their gifts to Christ. We can choose to honor and worship Him as King or we can choose to reject His Lordship over us. One of those is obviously the good choice. That choice is before us today, dear ones. As we come to this table that Christ prepares before us. We can come and say there's nothing here for us. It's just some right. It means nothing. Or we can come expecting Christ to meet us here. And we can offer Him ourselves as we receive the bread and the cup of life. There's a real choice before us today. To worship Him as King or to decide to preserve our lordship over our own lives. We can't serve Christ and serve ourselves. We must make a choice. My prayer is that today, we will be wise people and choose the way of Christ. Let us present our gifts to the Lord. Ushers.